How can Christians live out their faith in the church, the family, and the government? Find out in the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for November, Faith That Shines in the Culture. It's written by regular guest Dr. Alfonso Espinosa. Learn more about Faith That Shines in the Culture at issuesetc.org or by calling Concordia Publishing House 1-800-325-3040. Faith That Shines in the Culture, the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for November. Now pay close attention, little children. It's somebody you ought to know. Yeah, it's all about a man that walked on earth nearly 2,000 years ago. Well, he healed the sick and afflicted. If you think about it, it's a very puzzling account in the Old Testament. The prophet Jonah. The other prophets, they're told to speak for the Lord, to go someplace and declare a word from God. They go. Not Jonah. Jonah is commanded to go to Nineveh. He doesn't go. In fact, he sets off in pretty much the opposite direction. But God has determined that Jonah will speak this word, rebuking Nineveh for its sin. And so, by hook or crook, he brings Jonah to Nineveh. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Joining us to teach a Sunday School lesson on the prophet Jonah, Pastor Tom Baker, host of a radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Tom, welcome back. Uh, thank you. Why did God send this prophet Jonah to Nineveh? Yeah, he sent him around 790 B.C. That's, by the way, when the Hindu scriptures were written at this time. Ancient Nineveh was located near the modern city of Mosul, M-O-S-U-L, in Iraq. And to answer your question, Scripture interprets Scripture. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. And the word evil, which can mean disaster, this is found throughout the book of Jonah, that because of their evil, they were causing the disaster in Nineveh against the Lord. This is very close to understanding why God sent John the baptizer to the people to call out against their evil, to have them repent so that they could then believe the gospel and be saved. So Jonah was being asked, to, in a sense, to become a John the baptizer, to get the people to recognize that they were very evil in the sight of the Lord. And that's why he sent him to Nineveh. Why did Jonah flee from the presence of the Lord? It's interesting that he fled because he knew the Lord was a merciful and gracious God and was afraid that Nineveh would repent and be saved. And he so hated Nineveh because Nineveh, of course, was a Gentile town and was not part of Israel. It was about eight miles in circumference, 
and today is only the ruins of the city in northern Iraq that are left. But in that day, it was really a large city. In fact, just to walk the length of the city took three days. But Jonah was so angry at the Ninevites because they were Gentiles that he did not want to tell them about the message of God. Tell us what happened when Jonah fleed and tried to leave on a ship. Well, he learned something that we tell all our youth confirmands, that God is omnipresent, which means there's no place that you can go and hide from God. That's what he was attempting to do. He paid the fare to go to Tarshish. He thought he would get away from God. But the Lord, it said, hurled a great wind upon the sea. There was a mighty tempest on the sea. In fact, the ship was threatening to break up. And it's very interesting what happened to Jonah because all the sailors, they had their own gods and they were calling out to their gods that the sea would be calmed. But of course, nothing was happening. They even hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea in order to lighten it. But at that time, Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and lay down, was fast asleep. So the captain of the ship came to him. What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps that God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. And they said to one another, the sailors, let's cast lots. Those are kind of dice that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. And so they cast lot and guess what the lot fell on? It fell on Jonah. Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? And Jonah replied to them, I am a Hebrew. And then he said, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven. And there in the Old Testament, the word Lord in the English is all capitalized. So he's using the name of God, Yahweh, that Moses heard at Mount Sinai. And he said, he's the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. And then they asked him, what have you done? For the sailors knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because that's what he told them. And they said to him, what shall we do to you? that the sea may quiet down for us. But instead, the sea grew more and more tempestuous. And he said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me 
that this great tempest has come upon you. But what did the sailors do? Instead, they began to row hard to get back to the dry land. But they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Then they called out to the Lord, and there the word Lord is capitalized. Lord, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not on us innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. That's amazing that they come to faith in the God of Jonah, who is, of course, none other than Yahweh, the God of Adam and Eve, Abraham, Moses, etc. O let us not perish for this man's life. O Lord, have it done as it pleases you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea. And as soon as he fell into the sea, the sea ceased from its tempestuous wind. And it says, the men feared the Lord exceedingly. That's first commandment. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. As Luther says, we should fear, love, and trust in God. And they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. Kind of reminds me of when we do youth confirmation or adult confirmation, at the end of it, the people make vows to the Lord to follow his will. And so that's what happened with Jonah. He was thrown into the sea. It says there that God sent that storm and then later the fish. What does that mean? It means that God is not only everywhere, but he also has all authority and all power. Nothing happens without God's permission. We find that in the book of Job that even the devil has to go to God to get permission to make Job sick. And God allows that in our lives also. Very important point for the children to understand that whatever happens to them, God is aware of this. And he is making sure that all things work together for our good, as he promises in Romans 8, verse 28. And what the Lord does with Jonah, he appoints a great fish to swallow up Jonah. Now, we're not told what that fish was. I don't know. When I was growing up, I thought it was a big whale. And people would say, no, a whale can't swallow a man. But actually, there was a man swallowed by a whale in England some time ago. And they caught the whale and cut him open, and the man continued to live. So whales could do it, But this fish could be a special fish with a large mouth that was able to swallow up Jonah. And we know, this is really important, that Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. 
That's going to come up later in the Bible. What happened during those three days and three nights? Well, Jonah is in the belly of the fish. He calls out to God in prayer. And he says, for example, part of it, when my life was fainting away, I remember the Lord. My prayer came to you and to your holy temple. And he says, the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. So though he was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights, he was vomited out onto the beach and he continued to live there. And he was again ordered to go to Nineveh. And God told him what he was to do. So he did travel to Nineveh. Like I said, it would take three days journey to just go against the breadth of Nineveh walking. And he was only into the city going a day's journey. And what he called out, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the very next verse, this is verse five of chapter three, and the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast, put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. And that sackcloth was a way of showing repentance as they covered their world and how great their need for forgiveness was. That was the purpose of the sackcloth, which even the king did. Pastor Tom Baker is our guest. We're teaching a Sunday school lesson on the prophet Jonah. After Nineveh's repentance, Jonah is angry. We'll find out why next. Now Jonah starts to pray in the belly of the whale. Lord, Lord, what kind of fish? He repented of his sins like a man in jail. Lord, Lord, what kind of fish? Right now, many churches are planning their budgets for the next fiscal year. You can promote your confessional Lutheran church and support the worldwide outreach of issues, etc. by becoming a congregational sponsor. When your church pledges $1,000, we'll publicize your congregation on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal. Learn more on the Support Donate page at issuesetc.org. Don't miss your congregation's budget deadline. Become an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. The Christian religion is not like a buffet line, a modern smorgasbord of beliefs offering a wide range of tempting choices. Rather, it is the good deposit handed down to us in the scriptures through the history of the church that we might believe and confess who Jesus Christ is. To learn more about pick and choose religion, pick up your copy of the November issue of The Lutheran Witness. To subscribe, visit cph.org slash witness or learn more at our website witness.lcms.org. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. Grace, Faith, Scripture, and Christ Alone. You're listening to Issues Etc. Hello, this is Pastor Curtis Brooks with Lamb of God Lutheran Church in Papillion, Nebraska. We are faithful to the Lutheran confessions as recorded in the Book of Concord, and our services are traditional Eucharistic liturgies in accordance with the ancient text. We gather Saturday evening and Sunday morning. And if you are ever in the Omaha area, come visit us in Papillion. 
Our website is lambofgodlcms.org. Luther Academy provides additional theological education for our mission partners around the world, specifically pastors who are asking for additional education but do not have the necessary resources in their own church bodies. By donating to Luther Academy today, you will be supplying food, housing, books, professors, and travel for Lutheran pastors who attend our conferences. To learn more about Luther Academy and how you can donate today, visit lutheracademy.com, lutheracademy.com. Thanks to Pastor Seth Miro and St. Peter's Lutheran Church in Indianapolis for renewing their congregational sponsorship. When your confessional Lutheran church pledges $1,000 to support the worldwide outreach of issues, etc., we'll promote your congregation on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal. Learn more about our congregational sponsorship program on the support donate page at issuesetc.org or by giving us a call 618-223-8385. Become an Issues Etc. church sponsor in 2024. Pastor Tom Baker is our guest. We are teaching a Sunday school lesson on the prophet Jonah. So why did Nineveh's repentance anger Jonah? Well, remember, he didn't want to go to Nineveh. It was an enemy of Israel. It was a Gentile town. And many of the Jews just didn't think that God wanted other people saved. But this true story of Jonah is a great example that fits what the Enduring Faith does from Concordia Publishing House, namely that God desires all people to be saved. And even though the Assyrians, the Ninevites, were wicked, God loved them and wanted to call them to him in repentance and faith. And there's a very, very good exercise that the children are to do in the Enduring Faith Sunday School material. And that is to ask them, when was there a time when you hesitated to tell the good news to someone you know whom you either did not like or who had been mean to you? And so we're trying to get across to the kids that even those people, God desires to be saved. And there's a wonderful downloadable page help where it talks about God rescuing Jonah by sending a big fish to swallow him. Then he rescued Jonah from the belly of the big fish after three days by causing the fish to spit Jonah onto the dry land. Then God rescued the people of Nineveh by sending Jonah to preach to them like John the baptizer did. And God rescued them from their deadly power of sin by granting them forgiveness. And that comes back to the children, that God rescued the children from their sin, death, and the devil by holy baptism and giving them the promise of a wonderful life forever and ever. What object lesson does God provide for Jonah? 
the object lesson is a challenge again given in the enduring faith material to ask the children are there any times in the bible where jesus wants to help someone and he's criticized for it because these are not the right people to help and one example is from matthew 9 where jesus calls Matthew as an apostle. He's a tax collector. And the Pharisees can't understand why Jesus is eating with tax collectors, because they are sinners. Another time is in Matthew 19, where he permits the children to come unto him, for of such is the kingdom of God. And the disciples are arguing with him not to deal with the children in that way. And then in Luke 19, you got the example of Zacchaeus, who was a tax collector. And Jesus comes to him and has him eat at Zacchaeus' house and forgives him. And Zacchaeus gives back much of the money that he had taken illegally in taxes. So those and other examples happen that the children should be aware of that God desires everyone to come to faith in Jesus Christ. And so there is nobody we know that we shouldn't share the good news with after we show them that they are sinners in need of forgiveness, as did John the Baptist, and then preach Christ, the one who has come to take away the sins of the world. How does the story of Jonah end? Very interestingly, Jonah is angry at the Lord that he's going to forgive Nineveh. So he goes up and sits to the east of the city, kind of makes a shelter for himself, and sits under the shade of a plant. We believe the plant in the Hebrew is gigayon. G-I-G-A-Y-I-O-N, and probably is the castor oil plant that he's under. It has a lot of shade. But the next morning at dawn, God sends a storm that attacks the plant, and it withers. The sun rises. God appoints a scorching east wind for the sun to beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. It's interesting to note that in Revelation in heaven, there will be no scorching heat as happened to Jonah. And God says to Jonah, are you correct in being angry because of the plant withering? And he says, yes, I am worthy to be angry, angry enough to die. And here's how the Lord ends the book. You pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city, in which are more than 120,000 persons 
who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle. That's usually taken to refer to infants, to babies, who are born and don't know their right hand from their left, and over 120,000 of them, and Jonah wants them all put to death. We don't get Jonah's response to that, but we pray that in light of his repentance in the great fish, he learned the lesson which should be told to every Sunday school teacher that God desires all people to hear the word, and it gives the opportunity for the children to attend schools that may send them out as missionaries into the world to share the message of law and gospel with those who remain in the darkness of unbelief. Jesus talks about the sign of Jonah. What is it? Well, it's very important. I'm glad you brought that up because it says that Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. And that's exactly what Jesus says to his disciples, that he is going to be dead on Friday, in the grave on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And that's the sign of Jonah, because Jonah rose from the belly of the whale, or the fish, I should say. We don't know if it was a whale. And Jesus rose from the belly of the ground, from the cave in which he had been put. His resurrection is a sign from Jonah, three days, three nights, and yet he's raised from the dead. And according to 1 Corinthians 15, that is the evidence that we need to know that God forgives all believers their sin and that we also will rise from the dead, be like Jesus, and live eternally in heaven with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. How does the book of Jonah then apply to the Sunday school children in particular? It applies to them because the teacher, every lesson you should have both law showing where the children have been disobedient against God. And in the book of Jonah, that would be because they're told what they should do by God to tell others about Jesus, but there's some people they don't like or maybe they were hurt, and so they don't say a word to them about Jesus. That's the law, accusing us of falling short of the glory of God. And we don't tell them, because like Jonah, we are blind to our own shame and guilt. But once that becomes clear to us, then God is rich in his mercy and forgives us through Jesus' death and resurrection, which means we are no longer held accountable for our sins. And the more we learn that, the more we want to share with others the gospel which has to be revealed from God's holy 
word. What is the law and gospel of this lesson? Well, the law is that we don't want to do the will of God, especially in telling people we don't like about the message of Jesus Christ. But the gospel is, look what God did for you. You were like these people you don't like, fallen in sin, short of the glory of God. And yet God comes to you in his mercy and grace, not giving you what you deserve and giving you what you don't deserve, the forgiveness of sins because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So every Sunday school lesson is always talking about the cross and the resurrection and also the ascension where God is right now waiting for his return to earth on the day of judgment to bring all believers with him into an eternal heaven. Pastor Tom Baker is host of a radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Tom, thanks. And thank you. When we come back, we're going to talk about today's ruling on a freedom of speech and religion trial in Finland. Dr. Poppy Rasanen, a member of the Finnish parliament, will be our guest. How can conspiracy theories become a form of idolatry? I've written a column for the latest issues, etc., a journal titled, Yes, Elvis is Dead, But God is in His Heaven, a pastoral response to conspiracy theories. We'll send it to you for free. Just click the red journal subscription button in the right-hand column at issuesetc.org. In the Wittenberg Trail feature, Julie Stegemeyer writes about her path from Methodism to Lutheranism. The free online issues, etc., journal, issuesetc.org. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Our church loves and is grateful for those that serve our country. Operation Barnabas, part of Ministry to the Armed Forces, equips you to reach out to veterans in your community to bring Christ to those that served. Call Ministry to the Armed Forces at 314-996-1337 or email lcmschaps at lcms.org. Thank you for your service. Thank you. God bless our military. A mobile Lutheran Bible study. You're listening to Issues Etc. The Evangelical Lutheran Church holds that it is God who raises up men to serve His Holy Bride through His office of the Holy Ministry. At Concordia University, Chicago, we prepare men to take the first step on the path by which God leads them to His pastoral office. Are you ready to take the step? I'm Dr. James Ambrose Lee, Chair of the Division of Theology at Concordia University, Chicago. Learn more about the pre-seminary program at CUC by visiting cuchicago.edu, cuchicago.edu. Criticism. I just had to call in to respond to this week's installment of Never Trump Drivel from Terry Mattingly. Compliments. I love the interviews and insights because they help me battle the slings and arrows of outrageous theology and practice. Clarification. Is there a point where, without baptism, infants go to heaven, and after which time they go to hell if they're not baptized? 
The Issues Etc. Comment Line, 618-223-8382.